Today's episode is the bookstore episode, and it's going to tie in closely with everything I've been doing at the Self-Published Authors Cooperative. If you are a best-selling self-published or small press author who has some control of where your physical books go, reach out to me. Let me know. Uh, every single episode, I am running a link to SPAC Lifetime Membership. It's just $5. You're going to be a member of the Self-Published Author Cooperative forever. You're going to be put on that list. I don't email you. I actually just have a site that keeps track of everybody who has signed up. And those are the authors that I am reaching out to first to be on my rotation. The rotation right now means five authors at uh, a agreed upon number of books per bookstore. So we have business partners at The Bookworm in Omaha. We have business partners at Mattingly Music, Books, and Hobbies. Uh, those are the two that we have just gotten recently. There are several others that are a bit older or more seasoned partners of ours. But every time that I get a partnership, the authors that are on the rotation are sending two to five books to the bookstore at 50% of retail. So that's profitable for you and it's profitable for the bookstore in ways that the wholesalers and uh, the publishers currently aren't offering. This is TRBM, a podcast for authors who are serious about earning a full-time living selling books to readers. I'm the host, Jody J. Sperling, and each episode, I'll share with you practical tips on marketing and selling your books. And I won't hold anything back. Sometimes I fail. Every time I do, you'll know it. Sometimes I succeed. And when I do, I'll give you my step-by-step -step replay so you can succeed too. Thanks for listening. only going to grow from here. And it is my biggest focus. It's also an amazing way for self-published authors to see their books in bookstores. And so, yes, we're going to talk about bookstores today. I want to dedicate a large chunk of this episode to a few comments that I have gotten on my Substack feed. If you are not currently subscribed to the Substack that is partnered with this podcast, you're missing out on a massive piece of what makes the podcast so great. There are other authors who are on the journey just like me, just like you, who are commenting on these threads and having conversations. And oftentimes, if I do anything, I just say, thanks for your input or whatever. But there are other authors who really have strong opinions, strong ideas. They are sharing things that never occurred to me. And so each episode is getting a ton of bonus content about how to do this whole self-published author selling to readers thing so much better. You're missing out if you're not subscribed. You're missing out if you're not commenting. You're missing out if you're not asking questions. What are you doing? Don't listen to this anymore if you don't want to participate in the Substack because that's where a lot of cool stuff is happening. But seriously, do keep listening. That was just a joke about don't listen. I want you to listen because I make money on you if you listen. <laughs> and I'll take money wherever I can get it. The more money I get, the more I can put into advertising the podcast. The more money I can put into selling books into bookstores, the more money that I can put into creating the author life that I am looking for. So absolutely listen and don't do anything. Just be lazy and pretend that you're going to be a great author or be involved in the Substack and get great at doing this. 
All right, I've probably upset somebody. I'm totally fine with that. Let's get into some of the comments. I reposted one of my favorite episodes of the podcast ever just this last week. It was a total bonus episode. So it came out on, uh, a, what, a Tuesday. So I had a Monday, Tuesday, and a Wednesday episode this week. It was a lot of fun. The episode title was If Money Wasn't an Object. And it really just tried to frame the mindset behind, like, what would you do as an author? If you didn't have to worry about paying bills, if there was just cash that you could throw at your ideas. And I got some amazing comments, so I wanted to share them with you. I want to shout out the authors who who did share those things. And then I'm hoping that we can double down on the comments because this is huge. This is a big moment, folks. This is massive. You can change everything in your writing career if you can change everything that you're currently doing for better habits. I was a cigarette smoker. I've talked about this in past episodes. And I swapped out cigarettes for vaping. It was a better habit. I was able to quit nicotine entirely because I started to vape. And I was able to use vaping as a way to scale down on nicotine. So I started out at 24 milligrams per whatever liquid ounce or millimeter or milliliter, whatever it is. And slowly, I got that down to 12, and then 8, and then 6, and then 4, and then 2, and then 1, and then 0, and then nothing. And I was vaping just straight glycoline propyl for probably four months, just because the oral fixation is so strong. But there was this moment in the pandemic when I was doing a water fast. I love fasting. If you haven't done it before, it's great. But I was doing a water fast and I thought like there's a trace amount of calories in glycoline propyl and I'd love to see what my body would do if I was 100% water fasted. What is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm gonna tell you. It's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when the time you spend doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results and it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make ammo work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah-rah shishkoom boss tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, ammo shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step through a unique, highly tested and targeted formula. The founder, Steve Piper, is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself, where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following and millions of copies sold. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery of not knowing who's reading your books and losing 50 to 70% of your hard-earned money, that you're making through sales. Ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readership. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. So I put down the vape and I did my fast. By the time I was done with a three-day water fast, 
I thought, why don't I just keep going with this no vaping thing? I was already at zero nicotine. It had been in the back of my mind that I was going to quit. Boom. Never went back. You know what's funny is my wife never even noticed that I had quit. Like, I had to tell her three weeks, three weeks down the road. Sometimes I wonder if that means that uh, she's not so enamored with me. I'm not really sure, but we're still together and she loves me from like uh, uh, all other perspectives. She just never pays attention to me. Okay, this is a weird part of the podcast. My wife absolutely loves me. That's all. I'm not going to be thinking about this after I quit recording. Definitely not. She loves me. Okay. If I say it enough times, I'll believe it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, she she's not super in tuned with some of the things in my life that I wish she was, but she truly didn't notice that I had quit vaping for weeks. I had to be like, hey, did you even notice I'm not a smoker anymore, like at all? And she was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I think maybe, I guess, maybe, I don't know. No, wow. Are you serious? You quit? Good job. That's also amazing because it means that she wasn't holding me to a standard. She just enjoys me as I am. We've gotten way off track here, folks. The point being, replace bad habits with good habits. This podcast is here to help you replace bad habits with good habits. And one of the bad habits you can replace is not giving a crap how many readers you have, not really doing something about it, not having a strategy, not having ideas. If you're listening to this podcast, I sure hope that you're doing something right now where you can just brainstorm. I might not have the idea that can solve the problem for you, but by listening to this podcast, you might get the idea that can. So do it. Listen, think, write some stuff down, make some notes. If you get an inspiration, open up your voice app. It's the same thing that I record most of these solo podcasts on. It's just the voice app, the voice memos on my iPhone. It's what I'm talking into right now. You just open it up and record a little, a little bit about what you're thinking that you might be able to do that could change the number of readers you had. And then you go back when it's uh, convenient and you try to take action on it. All right, I've teased enough. Here are the comments from the episode, If Money Weren't an Object. I think that's the title. It's roughly the title. My friend, fellow author, Iowegian, Craig Crawford, responded to the podcast. He said, as always, you have to keep pushing to the next thing. I wrote a novel for a long, uh, I wrote novels for a long time, but could never get anywhere with the traditional markets. It was dismal. And now I better understand what a small window of opportunity there really is with them. They don't even know what they really want to put on bookshelves, and they're outdated and woefully behind the times. However, I started reading short fiction and listened to it, and for something new, started writing short fiction, and boom. Four years ago, I had two publishing credits to my name that weren't fiction. Now I have 24 stories published with 15 different presses, and my novel, sliced into four novellas, is out and working on my behalf. It's a physics problem of steady effort over time, but also trying new and different things to get the word out, to show your wares to the kinds of people who will appreciate it, and you have to keep working toward your own end goals. It's a crap ton of work, and I'm basically working two jobs. My writing career behind being one, but worth it, 
it's too bad we didn't grow up in a time frame when authors just wrote and let the publishers market for you. But those days are dead, whether we like it or not. Writing is synonymous with marketing. However, as you keep telling us, we can do it. Thanks, Craig. Yes, you can do it. I'm telling you that again. Martine Proctor. Uh, thank you for buying my books, by the way, Martine. Thanks for reading them, even though I don't think that they're quite your cup of tea. You really gave me a fair shot, uh, and that means a lot to me. Um, sometimes people will buy your books and read them, and it's not for them, but I love when anyone gives it a shot. And Martine has continued to listen to the podcast. Really appreciate you. She replied, replied to Craig, you're right. My experience is similar. I got tired of pitching my books to agents and publishers, long response times when they bother to respond, draining negatives. I put energy in short fiction while I waited on the book. It's the best decision I ever made. It got me in touch with other writers, multiple mags, indie publishers. I found a publisher for my short story collection thanks to these contacts, and I just signed a book contract with a solid indie publisher. None of that would have happened without short stories. Guys, that's an idea. If you didn't hear so far, Craig said that short stories opened the door for traditional publishing. Martine said, yes, that's exactly what I did. And now I have a, a contract for a book with an indie publisher. If you guys want to go that direction, boom, short stories, find lit mags, find journals, submit to them. If they reject you, that's okay doesn't mean your writing is crap. It might mean your writing is crap, but it most likely just means keep working on it. Craig responds to Martine. He says, that's awesome. Happy for you. And that's the way the old crowd used to do it. A lot of the biggies in science fiction and fantasy publish stories in magazines until they hit it with a publisher. The traditional publishers talk about wanting new and fresh writing, but they're so afraid of taking chances, they end up not trying new voices. And yes, right now, because of their blindness to marketing, they're on the brink of folding and are caught sad. I got a YA sci-fi trilogy that I know is every bit as good as my shorts, but because I write dark horror and because my social media presence isn't a wholesome, pristine, and faultless display, I can't imagine a traditional publisher would ever touch it. Sad for them, because I'll find an indie publisher or a self-puppet at some point. Yeah, it sounds like sour grapes, but it's about the reality of the, quote, professional, unquote, markets and how narrow their visions are. Cheers to you. Couldn't agree more, Craig. It's very difficult to build out a social media presence that is fully inclusive of everything you want to do. Because let's be honest, if you ever started reading the Luke and Time Mysteries, these are my books, folks, the novels, The Nine Lives of Marvita Longhigh, and I wasn't cursing like a sailor on social media, and if I wasn't being kind of like on the nastier side, you started reading those books, you would be terrified. Because I curse a lot in those books. There's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of sexual violence. Yeah, I know. That's horrible. But those are just the books that I'm writing. And and so I want to pitch them. I want to market them. And I want it to make sense to the people who read them. I got to be true to those books. But that means that a book like The Stories of Bogey, also a book that I wrote and doesn't have any of those things, no violence, no sexual violence, no really terrible words. I mean, there's a few four-letter words in there, but it's a pretty clean book. It's a, it's a memoir novel type of thing, and uh, it's really clean. I would be happy for my kids to read it, my, my 11, 10, and 8-year-old kids to read it. They'd get bored. But I'd be happy for them to read it. They're going to discover like their sexuality or anything like that from it. I can't market both effectively through social media. It's really difficult. And so I think that Craig brings up a great point. It's, it's tough to build multiple bridges. Um, let's go back on. So I commented to Craig and Martine 
uh, together. I said, it's not, I'm not dissimilar to you. I went through the process, submitting the short stories, pitching the literary agents, getting the official education. And after nearly a decade, I decided this is not going the way I need it to. I've shown I have patience. We're talking 10 years, people. I got the literary agent. I waited three years to get the right publishing deal. We got some offers, but nothing that really fit what I needed. And you know what? The market's saying, we want you to have a say and we want more. My feeling now is that by the time the gatekeepers see what the market is saying, it will be a huge loss of money and momentum to let them have my work. Cheers to you. So this is this is just me. This isn't Craig or Martine. I'm not speaking for them. But I realized that uh, I needed to self-publish to get my books out there. And once I did, and I started to understand what was going on and how many books I was selling, if the traditional publisher came to me right now and said, Jody, we'd love to publish your book. I would actually start to interview them and be like, can you guarantee me that you'll at least get 100,000 book sales? Because if we don't hit that 100K level, I'm not even going to make as much money working with you as I would working alone. And at this point, yes, I'd love to have 100,000, you know, 80,000 readers, but uh, like, I also want to feed my family. It's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Fewer readers, with a larger profit margin versus more readers with a smaller profit margin. And if we're talking percentage-wise, it's got to be a discrepancy. I would definitely take a 50-50 split with a publisher. But right now, I'm making 90% on my digitals, and I'm making about 60% on my physicals. So I'm making good money doing this on a smaller number of sales. And yes, it's hard to have a, a, a smaller footprint, but it's also really nice to tell my wife that she can buy anything that she wants and have anything she wants because my book sales provide that opportunity for her. All right, let's step back to reality. I don't actually make enough money for that to be the case, but I'm a whole heck of a lot closer than I would be if I were traditionally published. If you looked right now at the number of book sales that I have, which is just approaching 10,000 this year, uh, if I were to sell 10,000 books by myself, then I would make about $35,000. If I were to sell those same books through a publisher, well, I would have earned out my advance. And the, the one advance that I was offered was five grand. Uh, and then I would have made another 5% or so on total sales. So we're talking about, about 7,500 bucks. That's a big difference. For the same number of readers, 30 plus versus seven, Poof. no thanks. And that you know number just gets more and more lopsided the further up you go. So anyways, think about that. That is my response to Craig and Martine. Craig responded, responded. I don't know why I want to say responded. Craig responded to me, agreed. That whole nonsense of submitting and giving them exclusive and read and access your work for six months is more BS of the first order. And they don't even have to respond if they don't feel like it. That's so true. By the way, this is me, not Craig. But you can send a submission to an agent or a publisher, and they literally will just never reply. But then they ask for like exclusive rights to read your work. That is insane to me. Anyways, where was I? Um, they need us more than we need them, especially since they're shifting the marketing off to their authors anyway. So true. Get traditionally published, you still have to market. Even if you're self-published, you have to market the exact same amount. No matter which way you go, you're going to be the marketer. That's about the only clout they had before was that they marketed for us, he says, not me. 
Yes, there are some iffy books out there in the indie world, but there's a lot more good stuff happening out too. Readers are going to use word of mouth once they find the quality authors and help with our advertising. It's going to hurt traditional publishing even more, but I don't have sympathy. They've had their shot at my stories before. I think we are all situated and poised to take advantage of the markets. Good point, Craig. Absolutely brilliant. I could not have said it better myself, and that's exactly what I commented to him. Uh, he said, I realized the last couple of years that I'm bitter toward the traditional publishers and agents. While I get there up against the lot, it doesn't excuse their behavior toward potential clients who have to traverse their gauntlet. Wow. Just wow. Craig is bringing so much knowledge and truth right now. If you've ever gone the traditional route, it is brutal <laughs> and not rewarding. Martine then jumps back into the fray and she says, when I read some of the stories my writer buddies got published, either independently or small presses, I'm even more baffled by the big publisher business model. I understand they have to make choices and will privilege well-known best-selling authors, but hey, these big hitters had to start at some point. That's right. You all got to start somewhere. And I think right now, if I were going to jump out on a limb, this is not me speaking for Martine or Craig. They have their own opinions, but this is my belief. You got to start self-published now, folks. If you aren't traditionally published, I would not go the one in a million route. I would go the one in one route of self-publishing. You can publish it. All you got to do is spend the money up front to get some good editing, some good proofreading, some good, you know, cover design, that kind of stuff. And then learn how to market a book. Because again, you're going to have to market either way. So let's not spend all of our time trying to get agents and traditional publishing contracts. Let's self-publish our books and let's show that our books have a market by learning to market. And then when a publisher wants to pick you up, if you want to go that direction, you've already got the skills to market the book more. So now you don't have to do all of the formatting and paying for the editing and stuff, but you're still going to be marketing and you're going to have a, a, a renowned name on the spine of your book. You'll know how to sell that book and you'll keep profitable relationships. Whereas authors that are doing the old thing, they get so jaded. Have you ever noticed, do you have any friends in your life that these authors that are traditionally published, not only do they look down on self-published authors, but they're like, I just, you know, the market anymore. There's so few readers out there. There's, there's nobody reading books anymore. And I'm like, F that, bro. <laughs> I have guaranteed proof there are readers out there because 10,000 books, that's readers. There's plenty of them. There's plenty of readers for your books. You just have to know how to find them. So self-publish, learn the marketing. And then if you wish for the clout, the prestige, not sure why you would, but you can go with one of the bigger publishers. Distribution, that's a different conversation. If you need the distribution, it really makes a lot of sense. Although with SPSE, that's changing too because we're dealing with distribution on a big level and pretty soon you're going to start seeing our books in like countries across the world. <laughs> That's just a appetite wetter. You can check the show notes to join SPAC if you are a self-published author and you want to get more exposure. Can't guarantee that you will be one of my authors, but I can guarantee that if you don't join, I won't even know you exist. There's too much life to be lived for me to look for you. You have to find me. You're already listening to the podcast. Why not find me? Give me $5 to catalog your name on a spreadsheet. I'll never charge you any money ever again. It's a $5 fee just so I know you exist. If you want your books in bookstores, 
five dollars isn't too much to ask. In fact, I've had people criticize me that I'm not charging enough that people understand this is for real, and I haven't changed my prices because I don't want you to have to spend a ton of money. I just want you to spend a little bit of coin to show me you're serious. Thanks to David, who is the most recent person to join. Uh, you are definitely going to be one of the people I feature. I'm just really excited. I've looked at your books, and I love what you're doing. Alrighty, so I finished up this conversation. No, no, there's even new activity right now. So I said, uh, oops, sorry, I just dropped something. We all have our moment if we, uh, we will all have our moment if we refuse to quit. And I have had so many days along the way where I felt deep resentment to quote the system, unquote. If you have the privilege of attending Iowa Writers Workshop or Columbia, you had a six-sided die. The rest of us have a hundred-sided die, if that. Maybe a 10,000-sided. I'm really liking the number 10,000 right now. Roll a green, get a win. There's only one green face on the die. Roll again, roll again, or go to Columbia. Columbia is like the shortcut, and it's really frustrating to know that there are some establishments that will get you there. But here where I started, everybody wins if they don't quit but almost everybody quits. Most likely, if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to quit. The few of you who aren't, that's who I'm speaking to right now. Craig said, right, it's how they find new authors. What really kills me is when I go to a brick-and-mortar bookstore, I still see the old classics firmly on the shelves in the sci-fi section. Herbert's Dune, sometimes Asimov, 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 and so on, and take it up some serious real estate. Okay, that's the the thing is that these classics like To Kill a Mockingbird, they have a lot of square footage in bookstores. Um, Martine said, I tried to reread Dune, um, got my old copy, and I gave up after a few pages. The thing... The things that transport you at 15 don't work so well anymore. Found myself annoyed with Asimov too last week. Wanted to read the Nightfall short story because I love the book. But nah, not that good as a short. Makes me a bit afraid of rereading Philip K. Dick. What if I don't like it anymore? On the other hand, I reread Connie Willis' Doomsday book every two years and it holds. I love this comment by by Martine. Um, I would encourage her and all of you to read Philip K. Dick. Uh, I, I reread him pretty frequently, and his short stories especially are amazing. They, they hold up really, really well. So there you have it, folks. This was kind of a, like literally just using the comments in my Substack to give you a full episode of TRBM. This was maybe some of the best content that I've been able to give you in a little while. It really shows you the authors that are out there on the front lines doing the work. And um, it's it's in the comments for the Substack. So if you are listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed to the Substack, if you're not commenting, why? You could be getting so much value. You could be making best friends with authors who are in the trenches with you. If that's not a value, I don't know what is. I don't know how to offer you any more. I'm giving it to you for free. Uh, you're like, yeah, well, you asked for $5 to be part of the self-published author cooperative lifetime membership list. That's correct. $5 is free. <laughs> Anything that you charge $5 for, you might as well charge $0 for it. It's a way for me to keep track of you. Uh, if you email me privately and say you want to be part of the self-published authors cooperative, I'll put you on there for free, okay? If that's the barrier to joining, then I'll put you on the list. But do know, 
that if you don't even have $5 to throw at something, you're probably too far down on the list to really make an impact. So open up your wallet, put $5 onto the self-published author cooperative lifetime membership, and you're going to be part of something really amazing. I'll have a future episode here where I talk to some of the authors who have been part of this process, uh, and I think that you will love it. I think that you'll really enjoy it. Uh, if, if this message has put you off at all, if this podcast has made you think, he's just trying to take my money, then that's fine. I don't, you know, what can I do? What can I do? I have spent tens of thousands. Um, I, th- I, would, I would say I'm approaching like six figures worth of expenses to make all of this work. It's not cheap. And that is over a lot of years. There are ways to do it that aren't quite as expensive. And and uh, I still am not a new book buyer. I almost buy everything that I read, uh, used, or, or get it from the library. So I'm still thrifty, just like you. But it's expensive to do this. And uh, you should fully expect it going into it. With all of the love in the world, I want to say, go out there, keep writing, keep marketing, do it better. Join Substack, be part of the community, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?